This is the PropTech VC Podcast. We give you unique insights into how innovative technologies are disrupting real estate. We interview top entrepreneurs, investors, and knowledgeable experts to share the inside scoop in this fast-moving industry. It's hosted by leading PropTech VC, Zane Jaffer. Let's dive into today's content. You know, we have this tendency to take what we know in one area and apply it to another. And, and that's somewhat linked to how we work as humans. We like to connect the dots. Creativity happens when you take one area and then you mix it with another area and you come up with unique insights. But there's a lot of hype and buzz around the metaverse today. And I feel some of the analogies being used to describe the metaverse are somewhat misleading. And you, you're right in the middle of this. And I feel like you've got a legitimate use case. A lot of people are being, and I wrote an I wrote an article on this uh, on Entrepreneur.com. It was published. Tens of thousands of people, um, you know, engaged with it. It was very interesting and a little bit controversial. But my argument is that people are rushing into these virtual metaverses because, primarily, due to speculation and FOMO, a lot of people missed out on cryptocurrencies. A lot of people missed out on these. NFTs like the Bored Ape Yacht Club and CryptoPunks that are now trading for hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars. And when the media starts using terms like a major brand establishes an online headquarter in one of the metaverses or develop a broke ground on a project or, you know, people buying up land because it's scarce and it's like Manhattan was hundreds of years ago. People are rushing into the metaverse for the wrong reason now. And I think yeah. that's dangerous. I think it's destructive. And smart real estate folks are doing this because some people aren't even going and actually seeing what they're buying. They're like, oh, there's land. I get how land works. I, I just, it's all about location. So let, let me go buy this. And then some of these folks don't realize the risk they're exposing themselves to. Yeah, and there's, <clears throat> there's a lot of layers to that. <clears throat> you know, one, you have to kind of hope that, you have to hope that a lot of stuff becomes true. You have to hope that that, that particular metaverse or virtual world on the metaverse, depending on how you want to term metaverse, is the one that is really going to kind of take off and that everyone's going to go use. <clears throat> and you have to then believe that they will create a false scare they will create a false scarcity. Because they you know in, it, clearly virtual lands are infinite. Um, and you can also so it's not Manhattan, it's you know, it's as many Manhattans as they want to they want to make, or as many Manhattans as they can sell. Um, and, and and also I can teleport to anywhere I want at any point in time. So it's not like, oh, I'm on Fifth Avenue, the thing next to the Apple store is going to be super valuable. Well, no, not if it's not relevant to me, because if I want to go see something else, I'll just teleport over there then. So there's an opportunity for sure for metaverses to kind of control an element of that, to, to create a false scarcity and to create a false sense of location context. But but it, it, it's something that has to be engineered into the experience rather than being physically real. Um, you then have to um, believe that the that people are going to go there. I mean, I, I also have been into a lot of these metaverses and it's normally just kind of you wandering about, you know, there's not, the, the, these places are not full of people. And if um, they are, some of those, you don't know if they're active or not, there's like zombie avatars just standing still yeah. and you're wondering, yeah, bots. oh, the bots, oh wow. They could wow. be bots, yeah, but, you know, who, who knows? You know, are they just kind of someone who went in there and then they've kind of gone to get a coffee and their, their avatars are sell or are they just kind of AI bots that are kind of wandering around to make it look cool? Um, who, we don't, you don't really know. So, but also, but there's certainly way fewer people than there are in Manhattan. So, you know, our, our premise is like, if, you, if you're a brand and you want to reach people in a really cool and immersive way, especially as they increasingly interact with the world, through, you know, 
through their phone and with glasses. You know, and by the way, there's over a billion people now globally. So a third of all smartphone users are using AR every month. So um, yeah, so this is already a massive, massive uh, you know medium. Then actually, way better to to do the thousands of people who are already in Times Square than like the one or two in the kind of the fake version of Times Square that you've got in the virtual metaverse. Now, I'm not. I don't want to this virtual metaverse. So I think that there will be, you know, there's definitely a space for them and they will be very cool and people, you know, we will find, we're in the foothills of it. We'll, we will find as an industry ways of being able to turn these into incredibly compelling and engaging places. But it's not that different to Second Life, by the way, where brands also kind of made Nike stores and all of those things in the past. But but I think right now it's a longer term thing. It's very different to, you know, to, um, to how we can put digital content in the physical world I think, interestingly, to your point, Zane, the vast majority, I believe, of people in virtual metaverses are just doing it on their desktop. They're not in headsets, which isn't really quite the same experience. In the same way, to a degree, that, that a lot of people who play Pokemon Go aren't necessarily always in AR mode. They're kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're using kind of flat screen mode too. So we have to kind of think about, you know, how's this going to work? What's the human experience? Um, and what's the best way of building this future such that it's responsible, um, better than what we currently have, enjoyable, sustainable. Um, and that's you know what we, we as a company have been set out, setting out to do. Yeah, no, I've had a hard time with, look, I think the metaverse holds a lot of promise. I'm a big fan. I think there are 100x, no, 1,000x, no, 10,000x time, like you know, 10,000x return possibilities for sure. But don't go into this thinking this is digital real estate and take your learnings from physical real estate. The risk return profile is radically different. And that's the issue I have with how people are thinking about it. I, I think there's actually very little in common with the real world of physical real estate and virtual real estate. In fact, if anything, the business models of the virtual metaverses are commerce and advertising. And advertising in particular, I feel, is, is one that makes mm. a lot of sense. Mm. Um, you are also dealing with use cases that are entertainment and gaming focused primarily, and some education too. I couldn't get my head around the fact that people are selling these residential communities in the metaverse where you can buy these mansions or homes. I, I think that's nonsense because that digital avatar doesn't need a roof under their head the way a real person does, right? And so how can you ascribe value to that now? Except that, you know, it's, a lot of it is about being social. And so, you know, it's just kind of pimping, pimping your house, right? You want a pimped house. Hey, come and hang out in my house in the metaverse. Whoa, you've got some cool shit and you've got a, an NFT of that thing on your hat, on your, you know, which is, which is I mean, what's really- you, you, I, I guess what you're saying is like having a Zoom meeting and I send you a unique URL. Why don't you come over to my house that I've pimped up? Yeah. So you think that's that's why people are buying houses in the metaverse? Yeah. So they have a meeting space. It will be a community. You know, we often think, this slightly slight aside, but hopefully it's relevant. We, the way I think about, you know, where I talk to kind of partners and property companies about AR versus VR, and I think you can say the same with physical versus virtual metaverse, is that AR is a little bit like mobile gaming, right? To go back to your very successful exit, say. Um, it's always on, you're doing it multiple times a day, probably way too much than you should. And it's just kind of, it fits into kind of, you know, you're waiting at the bus stop, you're probably even going to the, going to the loo, you know, you kind of, it, it's 
something that's kind of always on. And I think AR is like that. You know, you're going to be walking down the street and stuff's going to be there all the time. It's, it's linked to the real world. Whereas virtual metaverse is much more like PS4 gaming or Xbox gaming. There's a friction attached to it. You kind of have to let, make sure that your mates are going to be there at the same time. And you're going to choose to meet up and play that particular game. And you're probably going to do it two or three times a week. And it's more of a kind of appointment to view type of experience. And so I think that you know, very large in, and potentially very successful part of the virtual metaverse is the community element of it. And I think that, you know, it's allowing you to kind of manifest yourself <clears throat> as an alternate being. You, you know, your avatar doesn't need to look like you. You've probably seen Ready Player Me. You know, you can, you can be whatever you want in the metaverse. And also it allows you to wear whatever you want and also to kind of be in an environment wherever you want, whether it be your own environment or somebody else's. So I think there is... Uh, and that's about how you how you project yourself in the community with, within which you're you're interacting virtually. So I think in that kind of way it makes sense. But what I spend six hundred six hundred thousand dollars on a house. I, I agree with that, and that's the key thing what you just said there a moment ago, uh, where you're not buying a home that someone's going to rent to live in and cook in, but you're essentially potentially buying a meeting space. Yeah, that's what it is. And it's just important to know what you're getting into when you when you invest in this. And I encourage everyone to to invest, uh, but you, you have to study it and you have to know what you're investing in. I think that's the important point. But what's great about about property companies doing it is that they're doing it and they'll be learning. But they shouldn't. But they shouldn't be doing it to make a fast buck because they probably they probably won't. So you know, buy, if you haven't bought cryptocurrency yet, you know, get yourself a wallet, buy some cryptocurrency. You know, what's the markets? Um, go into decentralized land. You don't need to buy the land, to, to be honest with you, to understand how it works and, and go to OpenSea and look at, you know, um, the NFTs that are there and, how, you know, kind of immerse yourself, pardon the pun, in, in, all, in the kind of the ecology of, of, this new, of this new world. And maybe buy a piece of land because then you kind of go through a different process and you get learning from that and you can go into the creator tool and you can decide what you're going to put on there. And, and, you, and you know, you get an understanding of what this is going to be about and what, where the opportunities are. That's all very, very good. But just kind of buying some land because you think you should and you're ticking your box and it's going to be worth millions. You're no, and, and when that happens, everyone buys land, sits in it, and then the metaverse re relies on the idea that it's community generated. So if everyone decentralized, if it's decentralized, everyone owns a piece of it and builds on it and adds utility and value. But if people are just sitting on it and speculating, it's a real shame because then, you know, there's a network effect. The more the more interesting things there are, the more people will come. And you're relying on the users owning a piece of that virtual realm to develop it and make it pretty. If everyone's just speculating, then the value goes down. And eventually yeah. this is how, you know, the volatility is so high uh, and, and wild. It's like, it would be like, you know, getting a load of people to play Minecraft, but no one actually builds anything. It's just kind of like, well, that's not a very fun game. You know, you've got, if you're going to, yeah, uh, it's, it's an experience-led economy and you have to create experience. Or a pretty bad real estate analogy is like, you know, your bet is there's a shopping mall and people are going to go and buy things. And the shopping mall is surrounded by all of this land that is zoned for development. But no one's developing. They're just buying the land and holding and flipping constantly. But no one's really developing anything of substance. So that shopping mall doesn't have any customers to go and transact in. And that's yeah. a little bit what the metaverse does feel like when I visited. Um, so some of the, there's a lot of vacant land or undeveloped land, and it's just being bought and listed and traded like a cryptocurrency is being traded. I don't, I don't like that part of it because 
Um, and like that, you, you need to have an economic incentive, right? This is why we're talking about it because it's a get rich quick scheme potentially uh, where there are 10,000 X return potentials. You know, people, pe all of us have heard of some lucky person uh, who bought some cryptocurrency in 2013. And you know, that like small amount of cryptocurrency that someone bought a pizza with is now worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, well, that's that's the bad that's the bad story. Or the guy that lost his hard drive. Oh god, now that's the unlucky one, right? And I, yeah, I know I know people who who had some you know amount of. Uh, I'll, I'll tell a quick funny story. In my last company, we when Dogecoin came out, which is this dog of a coin, and it's really that you know there was no real utility at the time. One of our engineers set up an account and a wallet and gifted some amount of Dogecoin to another engineer as a joke and forgot about it. And years later, it was worth millions of dollars and we couldn't find the uh, the, 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 the access hey. keys to it and it's lost. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, crazy world. And that's that, that's the you know, there's a lot of friction around the crypto and and um, blockchain space generally. You know, it's it's not an easy. You know, there's companies out there who will make a lot of money making it easier. But there's a lot of jeopardy still um, in that space, and um, yeah, it, it's. Um, but it will become increasingly easy to navigate. Um, but, but, I, but I think that is one of the reasons why kind of virtual metaverses probably have a longer time time frame in terms of in terms of their growth. I I feel I feel in any industry, uh, companies like Dominic's company Darabase, when there's a gold rush and you're selling the shovels and you're focused on infrastructure critical things that the ecosystem needs, you're, you're bound to do very well. You know, yeah, that's, that's, the that, that's the plan. So I respect that. So Dominic, to round up, are there any things you're looking for from any of our listeners and how can they contact you if they'd like to? Yeah, thank you, Zane. Well, firstly, thanks for the, for the conversation. It's been really enjoyable. Um, so, you know, we, we work with lots of different property companies um, all over the world. Um, and so if you're one of the property companies that we're not already working with, we'd love to have a conversation with you. And the fact that maybe you're listening and have got this far into, into the podcast means that um, hope, you know, you've got an innovative mind and you're thinking about the future and, and thinking about how uh, you can kind of harness what's going on in, in people's digital lives for, for the benefit of your business. And so if augmented reality, if metaverse generally, especially the physical metaverse, thinking about how digital content might apply either from your own, um, in your own way. So we work with public companies, for example, who are using AR in their own spaces for sales and marketing and tours. Um, they're using it for placemaking. Um, they're, they're creating heritage tours around parts of London. We did stuff for the Christmas lights. You know, there's, there's lots of ways that you can use augmented reality as a property owner. Um, and we've touched on some of those in the conversation, or potentially to see it as a new revenue stream, uh, to really understand how digital rights might, might work and, and, and how you might be able to harness those for the future. We'd love to have a conversation. My email is dominic, D-O-M-I-N-I-C at darabase.com. Um, feel free to reach out and uh, yeah, we'd love to have a conversation. We, we, we're based in the UK, we have some studio in Australia, we work all over the world. That's one of the benefits of our company. So um, just because my accent don't feel that uh, if you're somewhere else in the world, you can't speak to me. Great, thank you so much for coming on the show.